everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and we do this little show called Solid Steps Radio. Been doing this now. Is it? This is six years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You say that with such enthusiasm no, and no, excitement. I just, I, I just can't believe it, dude. <laughs> I, know. I mean, it's like time, time flies. Yeah, time flies. But uh, we're a show that we six years ago we got together and we said, you know what? We think guys need to talk more than just sports, politics, and weather. We believe that you need to talk about the tough stuff, the stuff that lives for eternity. And we believe here on Solid Steps that you men are not living out your full destiny as a man if you are not walking with and in Jesus Christ. And hence the name Solid Steps Radio. We believe you should be walking through life, taking solid steps as a man and doing that with God. And no matter where you are on your faith journey, you may be thinking about not even close to or you know or you've been walking with Jesus for decades we're never sharp as we need to be. We always need to be more sharp. And so today we're talking about a topic that we believe men, we know men need to hear. It's Father's Day. Depending on when you hear this show, we're going to air it live the weekend, or not live, but we're going to air it the weekend before and the weekend of Father's Day 2021. But you may hear this years from now. So most men, I find when I say Father's Day, there's some kind of a cringe with them. Like, oh, Father's Day. I know men who are like, I don't want to do anything for Father's Day. And there's just a connotation with fathers. Sometimes most men have a really positive view of their dad, but most men I find they think fatherhood, my dad, he was okay. But, and there's, there's a sore spot with a lot of men when it comes to fathers. And their father and their father, it's just a generational struggle that many men have had. So today we're going to talk about with a man who is near and dear to my heart. One of my coming to Jesus was through this man's preaching. So I'm near and dear and a big fan of our guest today. But he's going to talk about his dad, Sam Stone, who left a legacy not only for him, but for generations to come and how the impact of a father and no matter where you are in your fatherhood journey, it can change for the better. So Dave Stone, we get to talk about you and your dad. Let's, and, let's uh, talk about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it is great to have you back, Dave. Welcome to the show, and uh, it's a treat to have you here. So, well, well, I'm, all, I'm all smiles whenever I'm with the two of you guys. <laughs> I know we'll we'll laugh a lot, and you're you're right. We'll probably shed a tear or two. Well, yeah, because you just lost your dad, and um, your dad was 84. Yeah, your dad had an incredible influence on you and your brother. Your dad was a preacher. A radio uh, a he DJ. He was a radio DJ. He also preached on the radio a lot, too. But, yeah. Uh, he was part of a politician. He uh, he always had an interest in that. And, yeah, he, he was an ambassador to Poland uh, on behalf of the United States during a food crisis over there. Yeah. And he had a fourth uh, thing that uh, – uh, editor. Editor. He, he loved to write. And he was uh, the editor of the school newspaper and a journalist. And uh, so it's one of those things where – he, he had a lot of different gifts, and God was using him in a great way. So you you got to watch him all these years. How did he pass his faith on to you and your brother? Yeah, if Jeff were here with me, I think we both would probably say the same thing, because what drew us to Christianity was the fact that, that my dad was consistent, and uh, he didn't try to hide things from us. He, he wasn't deceptive. He was in ministry, and uh, he let us see all sides of ministry. But when it came to his faith, we saw the ups and downs. We, uh, my dad wasn't perfect, but he was, he was pretty, pretty 
darn close to it. Uh, and so we were blessed to have a consistent example. And he made his faith very natural. It wasn't uh, like a, a drawer that he had that, oh, today's Sunday, and so I, it's a church drawer. It was part of his everyday life, and he, he lived it out wherever he was. And uh, we went through some, some crises moments in our younger years uh, when our family was in a car accident. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. You know, and how, how did he, what, I mean, it was a very serious car accident, and how did he respond to that? Yeah, we were in a, we were coming back from vacation from the Wisconsin Dells, and this is back in the time when you only had seat belts in the front seat of your car. You only had a, a, a waist belt. You didn't have shoulder straps then. Uh, and we were driving. It was raining two-lane highway, and uh, a car uh, hydroplaned on the other side, and we both hit head-on 55 miles per hour, and uh, we thought my mom had died. And uh, so we're out in the middle of a field where our car ended up, and Dad, uh, his glasses, when he went at the impact, smashed into the steering wheel. So he had, he had 21 pieces of glass in his eyes. And at this time, my brother was thrown uh, up up a couple of seats from the back of the station wagon. And one of my most vivid memories of my childhood is us sitting out there and hearing the sirens in the distance and hearing my dad say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he just walked through with a trembling voice uh, every single line of the 23rd Psalm, and uh, and then he prayed for mom, and uh, she had a skull fracture, was in intensive care unit for two weeks, fighting for her life, and, um, you know, my dad goes straight into surgery for his eyes, and uh, so it was, a, it was a real come to Jesus moment, even for us at a young age, just to see that their faith was real and their faith was genuine. And um, it's always stuck with me that in a time of trial, uh, at such a time of that so so tumultuous and traumatic, that the first place he he beat a path to was to scripture, and uh, the talking to God. Mm. And it wasn't uh, you know it, it wasn't some um, prayer from a, a sand bunker in a war that he'd never offered before. It was just how he talked to God. And so I think the, consist the consistency piece is probably how he passed the faith on to us in the good times and also in the bad times. How old were you when that accident happened? I was, I was six. You were six years old, mm -hmm. and I can, I can still hear it and see it in you. I mean, it still influences you to this day. Yeah, strangely, um, that's how my brother and I ended up in ministry, just how God worked from that because my mom— couldn't be around crowds for the next two years. And so um, someone would come down to our house. A deacon from the church would come down, would walk us to church because dad would be there early. Uh, another deacon would walk us back, and they had a rotation that they did. And mom had to stay at home. It couldn't be because she had no balance uh, she, she, from her skull fracture. And so my mom had to take a nap uh, two to three hours every day for all of all of my my life, all the way through high school, and so two boys, two years apart from each other, Chad, you'll understand this, <laughs> are not the most conducive. It's not the most conducive for mom getting some sleep. Okay, 
So what dad would do is he would take one of us with him. And if it wasn't in school time or in the summer or whenever, he would take one of us with him. And so we would go on calls with him. We would pray in hospitals. Uh, you know, he'd put us on the spot. We, we did everything with him. We learned how to lead somebody to Christ. Uh, we'd learn how to talk to people about using your gifts for the Lord. And uh, who would have ever thought that through a car wreck that two boys would be exposed to ministry? And we got an internship basically all through our elementary school years um, because of that accident. We had a ministry internship. That's incredible. I know. It shows how God works upstream. Yep. I mean, in the tough, tough times of life, God's still working. And I'm just amazed that then both of your bro- you and your brother, you know, not only just give your life to Jesus and follow him, but then he calls you into full-time ministry. What a, I mean, what a special, special thing. Well, I don't want to go on and on about my dad, but the reason we went into ministry is because we saw the same man at home that we saw in the pulpit. And um, that's not always the case. And so we were very blessed by the fact that, you know, it was seamless. It, it, it wasn't different when he was with a crowd. It was the same, you know, all the way through. And that attracted us to it. Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he made Christianity alive. Yes. And, and attractive. Yeah. And that's a powerful thing. When, you know, listeners, I mean, that's our hope and our prayer for you as as dads that you we're not going to get this thing perfect we're not going to bat a thousand but we can move towards a more consistent life Uh, just a real quick question dave when your dad would blow it um what would he do think on that for a second we're going to take a break and uh we're going to come back and hear that answer because i know a lot of dads just leaned into the radio and go i need to know that because truth be told i blew it 30 minutes before the show you did not. Yes, and but I was. I'm. I'm going to tell you what I did, but I want to hear what Sam Stone did here too. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors, Ellen Credit Union. Uh, they're a local lender in the Louisville, Kentucky area, and they help you with all of your financial needs: commercial, residential, loans, credit. You know it. Name it. Ellen Credit Union can do it. Vision First Eye Care. Eleven different cities, six Louisville locations. You are more than just a set of eyeballs at Vision First. Rod Rollo and his crew will take care of you if you have any eye care needs. And then Frank Enterprises. They are a professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management services. If you've got water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of them. And before the break, we uh, Kurt asked this, a, a question to Dave. He said, how, how did your dad handle it when he... And when he blew it with his kids, and I made a comment that 30 minutes before we did this show today, I blew it with one of mine. He had a little incident with a piece of paper, a pencil, and a cushion of his chair. And he just decided that he didn't think there was a chair underneath it. And he just, poof, put that pencil right through the paper. And Dad, something in Dad just, oh, what did you do that for? And uh, it's funny. I got really mad at him. He walks outside, and I'm just following right along behind him, waiting. And we just plopped down on the front porch together, two defeated men. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Judas, how old? Judas, uh, seven years old, right? Uh, but he's my free spirit artist in the in the family. So uh, anyway, we were sitting there, both just sitting out in silence, staring outside, going, "Well, oh, we didn't do well there, did we?" But uh, <laughs> I want to hear how Dave, how did Sam handle when he blew it? When he had his moments as a dad, 
Yeah, and good job on you for the fact that you talked to that with your son immediately after he started to do some free spirit work on a leather chair, you know? Uh, my dad, he, he didn't have a lot of areas that he struggled in, but one of them was anger. And um, I saw more of this uh, when we were uh, probably a little bit younger, after that accident that, that the family was in. It was a stressful time when you basically lost his wife for uh, for two or three years, and uh, she she really couldn't do anything. And uh, so we had some people who would come in and, and, and try to help clean and cook. And uh, so I can understand why it was a tough time. And in some of those times when he would get angry, it wasn't a whole lot of times. But typically I can just see him. I can see him coming in, uh, sitting on the bed and, and saying, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that I got upset or I'm sorry that I got, got angry. And uh, he'd wear it. He'd take it. And he would ask for our forgiveness. And... You know, it's pretty cool when you've got a dad that asks asks for your forgiveness just because he's kind of painted a picture that he didn't want to paint with his words or with his actions. But uh, when I say angry, uh, for for the listeners, I'd probably say it's probably a lot more mild than than you're thinking. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of areas that I can find with him. And we gave him plenty of chances to be angry. All right. Oh, do tell. Oh, I, I, where to start? Uh, one of my favorites, uh, if you really do want me to tell, yes, we do. Was uh, when my brother and I we were in high school together, and Dad was doing an interim ministry, and uh, that was just back at the time when people would sign in on roll call cards when they would come in and sit down for church, and then they put them in the offering plate. At the end of the service, uh, all the visitors, anyone who was a first time visitor, their name, those cards would be brought up to my dad at the end of the service, and that's how we wrapped up. He'd say, uh, you know, and call the person's name out, and they would stand up. And uh, it, was a, it was a way of welcoming. Exactly. Not, not sure why it never caught on, you know. I mean, <laughs> every visitor wants to be singled out and stand up in the middle of a church and everybody stare at him, you know. So fortunately, we got rid of that. But uh, my brother and I, our, our dad was as wise as could be and knew everything, but he didn't know anything about rock and roll music. And so we got this idea, what if we once a week slide in one name, we'll put in a fake address, we'll put a fake phone number, we'll do everything. We'll put in a fake name, but it'll be a rock and roll person. So sure enough, we got the other high school kids in it, and they were very excited about it. And so the first week, uh, Dad's going through the cards. Where are the Davises? All right, thank you for standing. Good to have you here. Okay, where's the Wilsons? Wilson, great. All right, Peter Frampton. <laughs> Is Peter here? Well, we're cracking up. The high school kids all sat together. Our rows are just shaking, you know. And Dad has no clue. And said, well, I guess they left early. That happened. You know, they don't know to stay for the announcements. So all the kids are saying, hey, who, who is it next week? Hey, you got to come to church. You got to come to church to find out who's going to be next week, right? So sure enough, the next week, we carried it on. And uh, Dad said, is Alice Cooper here? <laughs> One of the greatest moments of my life, guys, was when my dad said the next line. He said, is she here? <laughs> Well, we are on the ground. I mean, our faces are just shaking. We're trying to, to hold it all in. But the third week, Chad, you will you can relate to this. You know, you just take a joke a little too far. We should right. have frozen it too. Right. But the third week, we put one in, fake address and everything. Dad's looking through the cards at the end of the service. He's reading some names off. He comes to a card. We see him pause. We see his face get red. We see him stare at us. 
and we see him put the card in the back of the stack. And I leaned over to Jeff and said, I think he's heard of Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) (laughs) So there are reasons that my dad might get angry at times, you know? But he, he even handled that well. Because I can remember when we got home, uh, it was uh, we were very, very quiet, very compliant. I bet. Uh, and he said to us, he, he said, uh, God has blessed each of you with a great sense of humor. Don't let a gift become a weakness. And, and that was it. That was it. And we were waiting for the big punishment, and, and that was it. And the fact that I can remember it and the fact that I get goosebumps saying that line probably tells you that the lesson was learned. Le- you know? Wow. What so what, he was what he, a great moment. He wasn't was he over he sounds like he wasn't overly wordy in those moments. Well, he was an editor for twenty five years of a Christian magazine and so he knew how to speak concisely. And with my brother and I in the house, he didn't get to say a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> oh my golly okay so uh dave as let's talk about your dad in making you two you and jeff uh a priority but not the center of the home because i think us us parents can struggle with that and in light of father's day yeah everything if we're not careful everything can revolve around jasper everything can revolve around you know Susie, and you make it a child-centered home instead of a Christ-centered home. And uh, I remember there's an old song years ago that talked about how uh, you fell in love with your, your spouse first, and so that's that's the higher love in this. And yes, you will love your kids, but how can you find out their love language? How can you communicate that to them? But if you OD on everything goes around that kid, that's why you find a lot of, a lot of parents when child goes off to college, the last one goes to college— they get a divorce. And everybody's like, where did that come from? Well, they didn't communicate. It was all shuttle service back and forth and taking kids here and there. And everything revolved around that sporting event or whatever it might be rather than, you know, really getting to know as a family one another. So how, how did they, how did dad prioritize us without overdoing it, I think he knew what it was that was important to us, what our love languages were. And for me, it was words of affirmation or encouragement. And um, I'll never forget one time that uh, I I answered the phone. We were living in Missouri at the time, and I answered the phone. It was a preacher from a large, large church who my dad loved. He'd never been asked to speak at this church. And uh, so I went and got dad and said who it was. And man, I can see him bounding down the steps and picked up the landline with the long cord in the kitchen and, you know, talked to this guy. And uh, I was in the other room and, and he said, oh, I'd, I'd love to speak. I'd love to come and speak. That would be such an honor. And I heard him say, February 3rd, February 3rd. He said, let me run upstairs and get my calendar and take a look at it. And I was on the other side of the wall. And I knew what February 3rd was. I was in a play at my school. And uh, Dad come, comes running back with his little flip calendar that he kept in his pocket all the time. And I can hear him turning the pages. And he goes, February 3rd, February 3rd. And there's a pause, and he says, I already have something scheduled that night, maybe some other time. And I'm listening on the other side, and he just gave me the greatest gift that he, he could have. He said, you are more important 
than the notoriety of, of speaking at a large church. And, you know, I don't even know what I was in the play. I was probably a shrubbery, you know. I may have had two lines, but he knew that was important to me, and so he protected that. You saw the priority. And you, you exactly. and, and really what you saw in him was denying himself. Yeah, yeah, and he did that regularly. Both my parents did. Deny yourself. The Bible says something along those lines. Uh, what, is, what does Jesus say, Chad? I'm going to deny you to talk anymore because we've got to go to a break. So we're going to take a break. <laughs> we're going to come back. We're going to hear more about Sam Stone. We also want to turn this around and say, okay, guys, what do we do with this? This legacy our fathers have left us, good or bad. So we're going to be back here shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank our sponsors before we get into our third segment. Uh, the Louisville Podcast Studios. We are in the Louisville Podcast Studios now recording this. If you want to do a podcast that sounds great and looks great via video, YouTube, live stream, Louisville Podcast Studios is your place to do this. That's podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. Bright Star Home Care. If you have a loved one who needs some help living in their home, whether it's visiting them one day a week or 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is a loving group of people who can help walk you through that process. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to talk about financial matters as far as retirement, what a wise retirement looks like and, and help in doing that, Dan Hart can sit down with you and talk about a game plan. And then Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue, Chris Hadley and his crew, that is a catering-only barbecue joint. Uh, so you need to call Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue or go look them up online, southernsmokecatering.com. That's southernsmokecatering.com. Put some south in your mouth. <laughs> what you, that's, it's really good barbecue. <laughs> okay. Hey, Dave, so um, let's talk about your dad and, and really how you, you've spoken on this many times, um, making use of teaching times, and you've written about it. Um, but how did your dad model that, and how can us dads model um, the use of teaching opportunities and pouring into our kids that way. Yeah, and, and for every one of us, I know we all come from different backgrounds. Some had a great dad, some didn't have as, as good of a dad. And, you know, as I look at fatherhood, I'm reminded that some of the greatest stories are when a person changes a branch on their family tree and they start to point people to Christ. They start to pour into their kids uh, they see themselves as a spiritual role model. And maybe you didn't have that. Uh, I, I know I was extremely blessed. I know I'm, I'm the exception more than the rule. But uh, I'm, I'm just telling you guys, you, you can break the cycle and you can make a difference. And three practical ways to do that as far as teaching your kids would be, uh, I think, three different times that a father can leverage with their, their kids, regardless of their age. And that is drive time, meal time, and bedtime. And uh, drive time, there's a lot of time that's spent in the car, especially before they turn 16. And we need to make use of that time. There's, there's all sorts of ways that you can do that, whether it's what you listen to on the radio, whether you give them uh, permission to lis listen to something, take the earpods out of their ears, and uh, we, we're going to talk on the way to school. Uh, and, and so you engage in, in communication and conversation. But that drive time is one of the most wasted times that I think that, that we, we let go by the wayside. Another one is mealtimes. Let me back up just real quick. What did, did, in drive time with your dad, what did he do? Well, he, he would give me responsibilities. So it sounds crazy. When I was a little kid, uh, he would have a list of places that we were going, 
And he'd have me read off the list to him. And he'd say, okay, well, let's see now. Where do you think we should go next? Should we go to the post office or should we go to call on that person? And uh, I would try to figure it out based on where we were, which was the closest, and try to figure that out. So he'd take me in there with him and they'd say, who you got with you today, Sam? He said, this is my bodyguard. You know, I'm a little four foot skinny as a rail kid, you know, you can see all my ribs and, you know, I'm, I'm the bodyguard though. But he would, he would use me in those settings where I would do something for him. It might've been the most basic thing, but then the older that I got, uh, the, the bigger the thing was. And so, you know, you, you make it match. It's a simple biblical principle. Be faithful in the small things. I will put you in charge of many things. It's a good principle for us to remember as dads. As far as mealtime goes, uh, you know, we had breakfast together sometimes, but really dinner, you know, there's been all sorts of studies on families being together. Uh, Harvard followed 600 uh, families around for a number of years. And the number one thing that produced national honor societies, people that were in student government, successful athletes, it's also true of people who became president, was that they had a family dinner together at least four or five times a week. And so there are things that happen around that mealtime. And so it's great teaching time. It's great time to go high and low. You know, tell me what was your highest moment of today? What was your lowest point of today? Tell me somebody that you encouraged today. Uh, you know, we used to do uh, little role plays with uh, scenarios with our kids. And, you know, it, it, there was a six-year gap. So, you know, uh, it, it got a little crazy the older our kids got because they would actually make fun of us. And we'd be saying to Sam, the youngest, you know, now if somebody asks you to uh, smoke a cigarette uh, out on the playground, are you going to smoke the cigarette? And, you know, Sam would be saying, you know, no, no, I would never do that. And then, you know, ask, uh, you know, Savannah, what would you, ah, oh, no, I probably wouldn't. I'd go straight for marijuana, you know, and just to mess with our minds, you know, hey, you know, he's, he's not, don't do this in front of him. So they would, it didn't always work, all right? But uh, meal times is a great time to leverage. And we, we wanted to make those times fun. And so that uh, one of the ways we'd punish our kids, if they were acting up, we would say, okay, you got to leave the table. And then they would hear that laughter upstairs and they would be begging to come back down, you know. And I'm telling you, it was fun even when they were in junior high and high school. Um, so uh, the third, third way is through bedtime. And uh, I think sometimes we miss out on, you know, just taking advantage of that time when, when they're getting ready to go to sleep. Time of quiet, time of mo moving towards quiet. We, we talked in the break about um, calling out things in our kids. Yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So the reason bedtime is so important is, and this goes all the way up till. You know, I can't tell you all, all the way up to probably 13 that it can be really productive. And there'll be some times when they're going through tough times in the high school years where out of the blue, you'll end up with a long conversation and you weren't planning on it. And it's like you come down and you say to your spouse, you know, they said, well, what have you been doing all this time? I said, well, they, they opened up. And when they open up, you lean in. It doesn't matter what, what you're planning on doing with your wife downstairs. You, you, if they open up, you, you give them that time. And the reason they're more open to, to that in, in that setting is because the lights are out. They're in a place of security and comfort like you alluded to. And so it's easier for them to share things in that setting than they might share in some other setting. 
here's what I remember about my dad. Um, he would, he or mom would pray with us at, at night, and uh, he would come in my room, say, oh, "Are you all ready for bed?" Yeah, I'm all ready. And one of the constant prayers that he would say is, "Oh Lord, I can't wait to see how you're going to use Dave for your glory." And so, as a kid. When he turns the lights out, instead of wondering if God can use me, instead I fall asleep wondering how he might use me. And there's a big difference there, and it's a game changer. And so he is calling out a calling in us, and he was always saying, he never pushed us into ministry, he was just always saying the same thing of, we just want you to use your gifts for the Lord, however that might be. And and. In the in that you didn't you didn't feel the pressure to become a preacher, even though your dad mm-hmm. probably would have longed, like, oh Lord, I hope you know Dave and Jeff become preachers. You didn't feel that pressure. I didn't feel it from him. I felt it from everybody in the churches that we were in. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so you always have people coming up. Are you going to be a preacher like your dad? Are you going to be a preacher like your dad? But I never got it from my parents. And all the consistent theme that dad would always say is, I just want you to use your gifts for the Lord. And, and you will decide, and he will decide with you, you'll decide with him how it is you're going to use those gifts. But he's given you gifts. He's given you all sorts of ministry skills. And, he, you know, he would say different things. And he'd say you could go a lot of different directions, but, you know, you, you pray about it and see where he wants to take you. Dave, talk about communication um, with, you know, I mean, this is all, those three areas, drive time, mm-hmm. meal time, bedtime. Uh, integrating with your mom as well, how your dad led in that capacity. Well, my dad was really, really good about trying to take us with him. He, he had a lot of speaking opportunities, and he saw that that could be detrimental to the family environment. So he started at times taking one of us with him. And that's the time when a kid opens up is when it is uninterrupted time together. And I've tried to do it with my kids because I saw the value of it. Uh, they will say something to you when you're the only person that they know and you're driving out of town to whatever you're doing with your, your job or work and you, you take a, a child with you that's 12 or we didn't do it much until we were you know 10 or older. Uh, but that opens up all sorts of doors because in those settings, those are the times when you'll say things to him because He's, he's your friend in that setting. You don't know anybody else, and so you're going to say things. You're going to be able to ask him questions, and he's going to be able to ask you questions. So he was really good about that, and I think that helped our communication. But he always kept the door open, even when we were at odds, which was very seldom. But he always kept the door open. Uh, there's an old Motel 6 commercial that says, we'll keep the light on for you. And if you've had a prodigal or if you have problems with, with a child, Keep that light on and keep those communication lines open. Wow, that's that's rich. So we're going to take a break. Come back for one fourth and final segment of uh, talking about Sam Stone, Dave Stone, really what it is to be a father and how we can be better fathers to our kids, no matter what kind of father we had. So we'll be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors, Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Drs. Eric Veal and Leah Viola. They are sponsors of our show, and they're located in the Iroquois Park area. 
and also East Louisville area. If you need any type of dental work, uh, Dr. Eric and Dr. Leah will take care of you. The Southeast Outlook, we want to thank them for sponsoring our show. They've been writing stories about what God's been doing around the world for decades now. And we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. And also Veritech Generator. If you need a generator for your home, uh, your business, or you've got one that needs servicing, Veritech Generator can take care of you. And if you want to listen to this show and you're just catching a little bit of it and you want to go back and hear the other three segments, which have been great, by the way, uh, you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes or go to Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you can hear those in their entirety commercial free thanks to our sponsors. So, Dave, you know, in this Father's Day, I call it Father's Day month because here we are in June and I'd like to have you just speak into some, guy, some guys who, who didn't have a, a, an awesome dad. They didn't have a, a Sam Stone a Jerry Souter, you know, experience. Talk, talk to those dads and give them some hope. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, 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 I was very blessed and I was very fortunate. But to every guy who is listening, uh, you know, when it comes to your parenting as a father, God is not looking for perfection. You know, he, he's looking for progress. He, he wants to know that we are, are looking more like the image of Christ and becoming more like Christ each and every day. So we, we can't unscramble eggs uh, from what may have happened in the way we were raised, but we can change things for the future. And uh, I would just say that, guys, if you get serious about this and you and you involve the Lord in this on a prayer journey, uh, he, he can make up the difference. If the Bible says in Psalms that he is a father to the fatherless, then he knows more about fatherhood than anybody else. And uh, and he had the only perfect son, I might add, as well. So uh, he knows what he's talking about. But when we lean in, just like the book of James says, you know, when we ask for wisdom, he, he gives it generously. And so ask for wisdom. Uh, find a mentor. Find a parent or a father that you can look up to and just ask and say, can I take you to lunch twice a year? And then come prepared into that lunch and say, how did you do this? How did you do that? Uh, read some books that are recommended Contact your church and find out who works with the, the men of the church or the men's ministry and see if there's any books that they might recommend. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we can do. I see a lot of fathers that say, well, I didn't have a great father. Well, I'm sorry you didn't have a great father. But that has absolutely nothing to do with the father that you could be to your kids, even to your adult children. So the question becomes if, if you want to change the cycle and whether you're going to lean into God's word and lean in through prayer asking God for him to give you that wisdom. Yeah, I mean, it's never too late. and Never. Uh, it's never too late. I mean, Chad Russell, you are here today because Jim Russell came to faith later in life mm -hmm. and because he began starting to worship and, and, and he trusted Christ, and that's your story. Mm -hmm. it's, ne it's just never too late. Listeners, uh, we want to encourage you, um, pers pursue the living Christ with everything that you have, and you're going to fumble the ball, and it's going to be okay. Um, but keep making progress. And I would add to that that I agree with everything that you just said, but there are, there are fathers who started off really good and then they didn't, they didn't finish as, as well. I, I remember back uh, telling the story, 1954, Cincinnati Reds were playing the Milwaukee Braves opening day at Crosley Field, and uh, there was a guy for the, for the Reds that went four for four. I wasn't born yet, but... There's a guy for the Reds that went four for four. Uh, his name was Jim Greengrass, okay? And uh, he had four doubles, if you can imagine that. Rookie, first first time. 
the Milwaukee Braves had a rookie that, that game as well, and he went 0 for 4, and he had four strikeouts. But whose name is it that we remember? Is it Jim Greengrass or is it Hank Aaron? See, Jim, Jim Greengrass, I, I don't know what he's doing now. He probably runs a lawn care company. But, uh, but you remember Hank Aaron's name, and the reason why is because it, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And I know there are guys out there who maybe didn't feel like they started real well when it came to being a father and being a dad. Well, that's okay. Uh, let's move forward and let's see what kind of father you can become in the years to come. Amen. Even if you're 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, it's not too late. You can make a difference. Dave, talk about your uh, finishing well. Your, your dad finished well. Well, he, he was a great leader, and and most people know him as a leader because he 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 was a dean of a graduate school. He's a professor. He uh, led several growing churches. Uh, he was an editor, as I mentioned earlier, for 25 years of the same publication. Um, you know, so he did a lot of different things. He, he, he had two honorary doctorates that he never, never went by doctor and, and never talked about. But to see how he finished his life. Uh, my mom passed away five years ago. And just knowing that he missed her so much, his, his wife of 56 years, and, you know, how is he going to rebound from this when his heart was already up in heaven? And um, his dementia started about three years ago, and yet he was so faithful to the Lord all the way through that. Um, when people ask me about what it was like when your dad died, I always say that Tougher than his death, his unexpected death at the end of January was in in the middle of, of December, my brother and I going to, to meet with him and uh, telling him that, you know, it's probably time for you to move into the memory care unit. Staff had been telling us that at the retirement community, and uh, we knew it was it was time. And he was just having some lapses and to the point where we thought it could be you know, risky and, and dangerous. And they felt like, yeah, we really need to do this sooner rather than later. And my dad fixated on things. So if you said something to him, he thought that was the next day, every single day, it might be a week and a half from now, but he, he fixated on it. So they said, why don't you come up on a Sunday and um, next Sunday and just tell him that he needs to move the next day. So Jeff and I both preached that day. I preached at Southeast, uh, was back at Southeast. Jeff was preaching at his church. We drove in and we met there. And I'll never forget, we were walking down the hallway and we said to the, the staff lady, who said, how does this usually go? And they said, well, sometimes it, uh, they get pretty angry because they know that their independence is now pretty much taken away from them. They're in a, an area, a wing that they can't get out of, and they're under 24-hour care or surveillance. And so we started talking to dad about this and saying, you know, have you ever thought about moving to memory care? And we think this would really be good. And we went through all from all sides, you know, as encouraging as we could be from three sides. And he looked at us and he said, you know what? Ah, that's something I need to pray about and think about. And uh, give me about a month and, and I'll think about that. So Jeff and I went a layer deeper and we went back again in just trying to convince him that the time was right. And uh, it got to be a really profound moment because he said, you know, it's moving a lot faster uh, than I'd like. And we said, Dad, this place is open. They've got a room open for you. If we move in tomorrow, what do you think? 
And it got real quiet. And Jeff said, we'd really like to have your blessing on this, Dad. And so he paused and he said, well, he said, I know that you both love me very much. And I trust you very much. And so we can move forward with it. And I didn't think I could respect my father any more than I already did. But seeing how he had class all the way up to the end and was a Christian gentleman, I think it was partly because he trusted his sons, but I think it was mostly because he trusted his God. We praise God for your dad. We praise God for you. Um, Chad started the show out and saying uh, how you came to faith, Chad, through Dave's preaching. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm eternally blessed to know you, call you friend, and uh, go to Africa together. And uh, <laughs> We got a lot of good memories. But we have a lot of great memories, but we got to go now. Uh, would you pray us out and pray yeah. for us men? And I just want to thank you for coming, Dave. Appreciate you greatly. No, it's my, my honor, and I thank you for my friendship with you and with Chad. Uh, two fathers that I have great respect for. So you guys could have done this show about about each other. Let me pray for everyone. Father in heaven, uh, wherever people might be, if they are in a car, if they're sitting on their back porch, uh, wherever it is that they're listening, Lord, I pray that you will just light a fire in every father that's listening, that they will feel that they can do this because of you, not because of themselves. May they trust in you. May they turn their lives over to you and say, Lord, you help me be the dad that I haven't been or help me continue to be the dad that you've called me to be. And Father, may, may our family trees be, be blessed because of the fathers who are listening to this today. I thank you for my father. I thank you for their father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Thanks. And thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.